Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J Bonus Interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. It is Thursday, October 17th. My beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times, tells me it's on strike. Strike day in the uh, city of Chicago. The teacher's been on strike for one day. We're, so when you're hearing this, Lord knows when you're hearing this, but we're recording this on day one, Thursday, October 17th, as we do on all bonus episodes. I asked my distinguished guests to introduce themselves. I'm going to start with distinguished guest number one. I'm looking at her right now. She's been here before. She knows the game. She knows what she has to do, but I'm going to let her swallow that cookie and that <laughs> <laughs> no embarrass me on the radio good evening chicago or good afternoon um i'm andrea parker i am a teacher at robert fools elementary 15 years teaching robert fools in the back of the yards neighborhood and i teach english language arts i'm a proud card carrying member of the chicago teachers union I'm on the executive board and, and the chair of the communications committee and my co-host and Wait, I. Wait, hold on. We allow uh, the distinguished guests to introduce themselves. Okay. So I'm looking We're going to say the podcast, though. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Say, oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. My co-host and I just started a podcast with CTU called CTU Speaks. Very well done. Distinguished guest number two. I guess you put everybody in our place. <laughs> I am uh, Jim Staros. I am a teacher at King College Prep High School. Been there 17 years. I teach uh, history, government, and law. Um, I am the union delegate there, and I as was already introduced as one of the podcast co-hosts for CTU Speaks. All right, and uh, so just so you know, folks, uh, here's what happened. Uh, Andrea uh, has been on the show before, as everybody knows, uh, and they came in with their podcast and interviewed me about TIFFs. Yes, I we said, did. Right. You did good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, very well. Very Don't well. get an A from the teacher. Yeah. Uh, got a gold star. I got to tell you, Andrew and John, I was not the greatest of all students. I'm just going to make that confession mm-hmm. right now. Most of those teachers at Everson High School were like, when are we going to get rid of this guy? Uh, <laughs> uh, so they were celebrating when I finally graduated. Uh, a blessing to us all. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, uh, they inter- interviewed me about TIFFs, an obsession of mine. Uh, and uh, so now we're going to flip the switch. And I say, well, as long as uh, uh, you're in the studio, uh, we're going to put this on top of uh, the interview with the TIFF, because I really want everybody out there in Ben Jarofsky podcast land to hear that interview. I must say so myself, because I thought some important stuff was out of there. It was. Um, thank you very much, Andrea. So <laughs> since you said that, I'm going to start with you. Ooh. And uh, day one of the strike, what was it like? It was beautiful, um, as, as beauty can be. Um, have as beauty can be when you have a strike and not go to work. Um, they start at six thirty in the morning. Um, teachers met up at the school. We all were unified. We all, you know, talked and 
encouraged ourselves on why we are here because this strike and this contract can really change the dynamics of how we do school in Chicago. Mm -hmm. We really want the best for our students and we really want to change the game of how funds are distributed to our kids. And so we out there for the right purpose. And so nobody felt bad about it. Nobody was miserable. It was a little chilly this morning, but we were all there chanting, walking, talking to parents on the corners, you know, having the, you know, passerbys hunk their horns so it was beautiful and so seeing my brothers and sisters in solidarity talking to new teachers in my school um, and just encouraging them and telling them what it's all about and just seeing them just as strong and motivated as the veteran teachers was a beautiful thing to see and then going downtown seeing a sea of red and purple this time was awesome my mother came with me. She said, I'm going to support my daughter. I'm going to support the teachers. And just um, seeing all the support, seeing little children, grandparents, and just seeing that camaraderie was a, was a beautiful thing to see. Is that your mother, Audrey, as, a, as in Tilden Tech High, the Pride and Joy? Yes. Okay, just yes. want to make sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, what was it like for you? Oh, Andrew really hit it. It was it, The amount of solidarity is great. And uh, a lot of times as teachers, we kind of, we're in our classrooms and we somewhat forget um, yeah. the support we have in the community. And it's just great being out there. And you know, when we're walking through downtown, like I, and back in 2012, I remember looking up at the buildings and seeing all these people cheering in the buildings. And I'm like, what are you cheering for? Mm-hmm. And I realized, and it took me a minute to realize it was us. And we've got their kids in our schools and they're at work, you know, doing their thing. And we're, at, we're supposed to be at our work doing our thing when we get funded for what we need to be able to do. And the amount of support we have downtown, even the police officers high-fiving us as we go by because we've got their kids in our schools. And the, the fire department, like, they're there cheering us on. and st- it's, it's really amazing. This is what we can do when we come together as a community. And I think it's, it's really a great reminder of what we can be as a city here in Chicago. All right. And even in private, right. the principals was cheering us on, too, some of them. Yeah, our yeah. principal <laughs> bought us donuts. Yeah, they come yeah. out huggies like I'm hoping yeah. that, you know. Hope you get what Donuts. you want. Is that yeah. right? It was nice. Have some supportive yeah. principles. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I remember. Uh, I'm going to take a little moment here to talk. My my mother. I think I told you this was a Chicago public school teacher, and for many years, uh, and she was a union delegate. Uh, and the teachers this year, I think, are uh, way smarter than they were when back in the day when my mother was teaching. Mother, well, there was a strike, and my mom had the teachers online. One of her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I may have told you this story <laughs> that one guy went in and uh, I think he may have been the gym teacher, but I'm not sure. And he punched in and then he went and joined the picket line. And the principal oh, wow. came when you said about the principal principal came up to my mom and goes, you got to explain to him. <laughs> it's a strike. <laughs> you can't punch in. The guy's what? <laughs> wow. Wow. But yeah, teachers are way smarter now than they were back in I the day. I hope so. Yeah. Otherwise they need better history teachers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Doris, come here, guy. I just got to talk to you about the gym teacher. Could you explain to him? Mm. Um, all right. Uh, so contest- technically he was crossing the picket line. Right. Uh, let me ask you this. And I've already asked uh, Andrea this, uh, Jim, I'm going to ask you this question, then I'll get her response again. Uh, so much uh, has been written that teachers did this just uh, to pound their chest, just to let Lori Lightfoot know uh, that they're here uh, because they backed the losing candidate uh, in the, the last election, that they're just doing this uh, to make a, a statement to Lori Lightfoot uh, that uh, she can't ignore them. Uh, I, your reaction to that charge? It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, nobody wants to be out on strike. I want to be in my classroom doing my job. That's what I was hired for. That's what I'm trained for. That's what I want to do. My students have a lot of 
work we need to do together. We have a lot of stuff we can do and a lot of stuff we aspire to be able to do in the future. I don't want to be out on the street striking, but we do need to get what's necessary in those classrooms. And if Lori Lightfoot, she campaigned on she's going to do this. I don't understand why all of a sudden she's confused. Candidate Lightfoot sounded pretty good. I don't know where she went, um, but she's not in the mayor's chair, that's for sure. And, and it's frustrating to see it again and again that we have promises that during a campaign, we all want those pictures with the kids and the teachers because it makes us look good. And then we get into office and we forget about where all that came from. But we're not there just wanting to strike. Nobody wants to strike. We would have way preferred to have a contract that's reasonable, that gives these kids the support they need. But I can't legitimately stand in my classroom and tell them to, that these kids need to stand up for what's right if I'm not going to do it myself. And I'm going to say that if anybody thinks that we just strike and flex the muscles because we our candidate didn't win, that ass Patty. <laughs> I'm definitely going to say that because, like Jim said, we want to be in the classroom. And these issues that we were facing came way before Lori became mayor. We've been having these issues of overcrowded classes and low staffing and uh, justice for students and paying benefits. We've been having this issue long before. So for us to... To, to do something like this is, is for some people to think that it's petty. I mean, you have 25,000 people out of the classroom and you have another 10,000 people with the SEIU. Something's got to be wrong. You don't have 35,000 people not going to work because you want to flex your muscle. Mm-hmm. By the way, you talked about the positive response you got uh, today, first day of the strike. Mm-hmm. Did you get a negative response? Not by me. I didn't hear anything. No, I, I didn't no. hear anything. Nobody, no middle fingers flipped or no. anything like that? No, no not, not, not today at least. Not today. <laughs> no. not, not where I was standing. I got to wait till my students come back. Yeah. Come back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I, I was like, you all, feel fine, give, you, all, you all deserve it. We're with you. I, you know, that's what I was hearing today. Everything yeah, was positive. There were, there were some parents that stopped. Well, I'm assuming there were parents, adults driving their cars that stopped and got out to talk to us to say how mm-hmm. they supported us. Um, some people came out with their kids to walk with us on the picket lines yes. um, in front of my school and when we were walking downtown. So I, there was an enormous amount of support, but there really wasn't any pushback that I saw. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot seems to have learned from the last strike, uh, she was a uh, lawyer here in the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. so I presume she was following it from uh, the sidelines, uh, is that uh, it's probably not a good idea for the mayor of the city of Chicago to try to vilify and marginalize teachers the way Rom did, Mayor Rom did, back in 2012 figuring right. he would you know the, the people would be on his side uh and then of course he discovers that most of the people were with the teachers i think right. i caught a lot of people you off don't guard. think she's not doing that you don't think she's vilifying us i mean i think well i, I definitely her rhetoric is, is far yeah. softer than rom's she's uh like rom came out and said he said uh in the last negotiations mm-hmm. the uh uh the, the teachers got the raise and the kids got the shaft. I don't know if you remember that quote. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, so I'm trying to forget it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anyway, it seems like Lori Lightfoot uh, has learned a lesson. Uh, we're going to close down this interview so we can go into the TIFF uh, portion of the show. But before I do, let's get some sense, uh, uh, Jim and Andrea, how long this will last. Uh, are you optimistic that we can come to a deal? Yeah, I am. I, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen in the, the poll in the Sun-Times about the, the fact that most people in the city are not against the strike. They're supporting the teachers and they support what we're trying to do. And I, I think once that sentiment is heard down by, by Lori, 
that that's going to start to change things. And, and the, and the requests we've got in our contract are reasonable. We're not asking for every teacher to have a Ferrari on the way to school, <laughs> though that would be kind of cool. It would be. It'd be neat. Yeah. But to me, that's better than Lincoln Yards development, but still. <laughs> you know, Wait, you know. what would I rather have my property tax dollars go to? Ferraris for every teacher or the gentrification of an already gentrifying neighborhood? Can I get back to you on yeah, that one? I, yeah. I think it's 50-50. There. I'll go for the Ferraris, Andrew, right. if you promise to let me use it every now and there then. There we, we go. Cut that deal. And trade. I'll put it in writing. <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so what's your sense of how long this will go? <sighs> It's tough. I think there has been movement. I was hearing some people from the bargaining team talk. They came when I was downtown. I heard some discussion about there is movement. I think they're still really sticking with the um, the five-year contract. We don't want a five-year contract. Again, we want to be able to negotiate before the new mayor comes in place. Um, so I think there is some movement. And I don't think that our mayor, and I will hope that our mayor would not want uh, over 300 kids out of you know out of school when the things that we're asking for are reasonable things they deserve. I don't know how you stand in front of Chicago and say that you cannot provide nurses every, not just nurse for every school, but nurses every day right. <laughs> in a school, because we do have nurses in every school, but they're not there every day. And I think people are missing that. We don't, we have, we have psychologists, but they're not there every day. We have some like, we don't have librarians though every day. We don't have them at all. Nope. So I don't know how you can stand in front of a city and say, I cannot do this mm-hmm. for these students right. um, and expect equity and expect graduation rates to continue to grow. I don't understand how you expect that. So I hope that she comes to her senses and I hope some humility can take place and we can get what we need. So I hope that it doesn't go that long. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will. So I'm thinking positive. I'm always hoping for the the best, but expecting the worst. But I'm very optimistic. Well, let's beam out some positive vibrations right yes. now. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Feeling those positive nice. vibrations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Beach Boy song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Audrey's joining in. Yeah, she's she from is. the 70s. Right. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, she's in the 70s. She's a 70s. All right. Very good. Andrea and uh, Jim. And then we're going to uh, sign off right now and move right in to our discussion about TIFFs. Enjoy it, everybody. Welcome to CTU Speaks, Episode 7, Tackling TIFFs. We are here in the wonderful studio of Sun Times with Ben Jarofsky. It's very exciting to yes. be in a studio that doesn't have glass doors and people making faces at us through it. It's awesome. Yeah, we're interviewing a legend today. A legend. Oh, that's what I am, a legend? A legend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you a legend. So? Uh, do I think I'm a legend? Or are you an amateur? Which one is uh, You got to pick one. Oh, those know. are the only two options. A le- yeah. Wait, would you, it's between a legend or an amateur? That's, that's, that's it. Which one? That's yeah. it. Which one you want? Mm, I'll take the legend. Okay, good. Good. I'm good. a legend. The legend. <laughs> ben Been around a long time. Yes, mm-hmm. he loves to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been around old, longer than your mother. Yes. <laughs> we already just established that, that I'm older yes. uh, than your mother. Yes, we did. So we're gonna. this is episode seven, Tackling uh-huh. Tips. It is. And we're going to talk to Ben, and he gonna talk to, he's going to educate us and the public about TIFFs. What do they mean? What does it stand for? Why should Chicagoans care? How it connect to the Chicago Teachers Union? It has connected strikes. And how can we make them better? All right. Let me just say this about that before we get oh. started. Uh, this is reverse because about a week ago, uh, Andrew was on in this very studio and I was interviewing her. Yes, he was. And so uh, they immediately said, hey, how come you come on our podcast and talk about TIFFs? I said, I'm glad to do so. Exactly. But I want to... Uh, since I want to do the TIFF deep dive, deep yes. dive. Uh, and I really do want to take this TIFF deep dive so people understand TIFFs, we uh, are going to push the, 
put, put this on our podcast as well. I'm looking at Dr. D over there, uh, maybe Sunday to drop it because uh, this is important stuff. Let me just say this right now. I was thinking about this as I came over, Andrea. I was like, I'm really glad that Chicago Teachers Union is coming forth and asking me questions about TIFFs, all right? But mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a hard time right Uh-oh. now. But this is like, it's the middle of a strike. Right. And so this is equivalent of a Sunday night, a kid coming home and realizing, <laughs> uh-oh, the test is tomorrow. I better study my biology, uh-oh. okay? TIFFs are an impact. Now, all you teachers out there, I want you to listen to what I'm telling you right now. I know Don't you're move. not going to believe me. Don't leave. Don't right. Just listen to what I'm telling you. TIFFs, tax increment financing is very important to the funding of the schools of the city of Chicago. Yes, it is. It's not something you should just worry about when you're on strike. It's something you should worry about all year long. That's right. And as teachers, with the ex- exception of a few special ed teachers who have waivers, you live in the city of Chicago. You pay property taxes yep i'm looking at andrea's mom she pays property taxes too that's right and so tiffs directly impact your property taxes so this Mm. is why i urge absolutely every single one of you to listen to what i'm saying okay now go ahead and ask me your questions all right well so i've I've listened to your show before read some of the stuff you've written Uh, you're like a a small library of knowledge on tiffs encyclopedia if you will encyclopedia encyclopedic knowledge of the legend of the legend (laughs) and jarofsky so how did we end up in the place we're in with TIFFs? How did we end up with TIFFs? Why is Chicago doing it? What were they maybe supposed to be for? And how did we get to the ugly place we're All in? All right. Um, many, many parts. Give right. us the beginning. Yeah. yeah how right. did TIFFs come to the Chicago? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about TIFFs in the abstract. Mm-hmm. And I always say this. Uh, TIFF as a tool to raise money mm-hmm. to subsidize development in areas that, but for that subsidy, would not be developed. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. If, if you just take uh, the, the concept of a TIF away from the city of Chicago and just view it in the abstract, it totally makes sense. So right. effectively what you're doing, let's say you have a, a, lo- a vacant lot on the corner of Bobby and Jones Street. I'm just right. making this up. And it's a risky neighborhood. It's a high crime neighborhood. No businesses have ever been there. Uh, it's been vacant for years and years and years. The city of Chicago says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to effectively spend the tax dollars that we would otherwise getting from this lot to uh, subsidize its development with the notion that years down the road, there will be a, I don't know, a, um, a strip mall there right. that will be generating property taxes that we would not otherwise get. Right. So that is an investment that the city makes with its property tax dollars in an, uh, a project, a strip mall, that will have benefits from years to come. Okay. I have never argued with the notion of using a TIF as an instrument to develop a vacant lot in a blighted area that but for that TIF would not receive development. I just, that's, right. I believe in it. Right. And, I even, and I'll even willing to say sometimes a TIF could be a good thing if you're developing, let's say, in a theater. There's some theater companies I know, I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to get them in trouble with the mayor, that are <laughs> uh, uh, have received TIF subsidies for their to, to build their theater spaces. Theater's a very difficult business to operate, uh, you know, make mm-hmm. money off of it. So you need that subsidy. So I do believe it's an important instrument for a city where we went off the tracks in the city of Chicago, is that sometime in the 90s, 
Mayor Daly, Mayor Richard M. Daly, mm-hmm. uh, the mayor who was mayor from 89 to uh, 2011, and his aides realized that uh, TIFs could provide a giant slush fund that they and they alone would control. Mm. And so if you uh, took advantage of loopholes in the law and put TIFs, not just in our, um, the example I used, the blighted poor neighborhood at the corner, what was the streets I made up? Billy, Billy, Billy and Jones Street, but Billy Jones Street, but put it in downtown Chicago mm. or uh, on the near west side, which is a booming area on the near south side, which is a booming area or in Lincoln Park mm-hmm. or in Lakeview, et cetera, et cetera areas that are doing very well, if you put those TIF districts there and did not link them to any specific proposal, money would be flowing. Property tax dollars that uh, the Audrias and the Andreas of the world and the Jims of the world pay every year would be flowing into these bank accounts controlled by the mayor. It would become a, a slush fund. And that's what the TIF program in the city of Chicago is has become. And Lori Lightfoot, who inherited this program mm-hmm. from Rahm Emanuel, right. who inherited it from Richard M. Daly, does not, in my humble opinion, I never talked to Lori on this, but uh, my guess is, does not want to give this up. Why are you asking? That's a very good question. Why? Uh, because <laughs> it's power. It's money. It's uh, it's money that she pretty much alone controls, just like Rahm Emanuel controlled it does before Does she her. control it or does her, she has to get approved from the city council? Yes, indeed. Okay, for instance, uh, yes and no to that question. In some cases, she could just uh, take the money out. For instance, the school strike may ultimately be settled with dollars that she just scoops out of right. the TIF slush fund and spends uh, and, and shovels back to the Chicago public schools. I do not believe she needs city council approval. Maybe she does, but she'll get it. So it's routine. Mm-hmm. The way the city council works, they pretty much do whatever the mayor wants. So uh, and, uh, uh, and other deals like the Lincoln Yards deal, where you're actually dedicating uh, $1.3 billion worth of TIF money, property tax dollars for development, that has to be approved by the city council. But like I said, uh, the city council, uh, the way it works with TIFs, they pretty much go along with the mayor. Why do they- Even this new city council? Yes, this new, I don't, well, well, that is a very good question. <laughs> uh, I in the old days, a TIF deal got would get passed. Mm-hmm. Let's say uh, forty nine to nothing. Somebody would be absent, so there would be forty nine <laughs> instead of fifty. Right. Uh, but nowadays, maybe it'll be passed. 40 to 10 mm-hmm. you know like the i just noticed that there was a cannabis bill that was passed yeah. the other day it was 40 10, to 10. Yeah, 10 they found 10 uh, aldermen willing to stand up to the mayor in this cannabis right. bill and uh so maybe you'll have 10 aldermen who say no the point is all you need are 26 right. and you get it passed so uh, yeah simple majority so i don't think the mayor will have any problem the reason uh, getting things passed the reason why aldermen support the mayor when it comes to tiff deals follow me what i'm about to tell you is like every alderman wants to develop in his or her war. Right. So now the way the TIF program works, it favor, we can get into this later, but it favors uh, gentrifying wards. So uh, mm-hmm. the, a gentrifying ward, like a Northside ward, will have way more money to spend than let's say the, the ninth ward, which is on the far south east side in the Roseland community or the 34th ward. But the alderman of the ninth ward, if he wants his little TIF program, he has to go along because he has to go along with the expenditure on the north side, even if ultimately his ward uh, is the loser in the overall game because if he doesn't support the north side guy's ward, they won't support his ward. They, it's, it's a very transactional thing. Quid pro quo? 
Oh, quid, quid pro nice. quo. There, there we go. Look at that. Quid pro quo. Nice. Uh, a phrase I learned from Harold Washington in 1981. Never even heard of it before until he said it to me, 82. Anyway. So you're saying each alderman has their TIF like proposal they can give to the mayor, or is it something, an overall thing they just give out? It's, uh, well, it's it's pretty much just like that. Each alderman has his or her uh, dream, let's say. Like, mm -hmm. it could be a strip mall, like I said. Or right. it could be a Walmart. I think the Ninth Ward did use uh, TIF money to uh, for that Walmart that's down there in the southeast side. It could be cleaning up uh, a vacant lot. Or it could be paving streets. Or it could be uh, building a new school. They use TIF dollars to build a new school. If an alderman wants TIF dollars for his or her ward, let's say, on the south side, he or she knows that you got to go along with the TIF deal that's on the north side, even though if you take a look at the way the program works, the north side far uh, is gets far more of the money than the south side. It's a program that is inherently unfair to the south and west sides of Chicago, but, but by the way, because of the way we do politics in the city of Chicago, where you're cutting deals constantly and trading this for that, aldermen go along with it, and that's why we don't have any reform of the TIF program. But then theoretically, there's no reason why we can't bring those TIF dollars instead of bringing it to the uh, the blighted Lincoln Yards area. We couldn't <laughs> bring it down to the Ninth Ward. There's no reason it couldn't go to these neighborhoods, right? Well, all right. Now you're – I say yes. There are rules and regulations that govern the TIF program. So you're saying uh, could TIF dollars that are, are generated by a north side neighborhood be used to – spend uh on a south side neighborhood i say where well, there's a will there's a way the program is already right riddled with uh inconsistencies inequities probably questionable legalities so why don't you just you got right, lawyers poet. just figure it out man you got these lawyers that's what their jobs is figure out right. you got the money figure out lawyer that's your job they got lawyers right now trying to figure out how you can justify taking a program that's for the poorest neighborhoods of city right. of chicago yep. and spending on the north side flip the switch exactly. get a lawyer to figure out how to take money from the north side of chicago and spend on the south side and i'm sure those lawyers will feel a lot better about themselves in the morning if they do that <laughs> i know i would so i feel like what you're saying is you you're really trying to talk to the citizens of chicago to really talk to their aldermen so they can really advocate for their communities because i feel like if citizens really understood more about the tiffs then we need to press the aldermen especially in those you know blighted neighborhoods to like, you really need to advocate for us and stop taking this line down. The actually blighted neighborhoods. I, I've actually had uh, many messages on TIFFs, uh, Andrea, to aldermen. And uh, one I, I'll talk to when I, <laughs> South Side and West Side aldermen, whose wards really are need the TIFFs and whose wards, it, their, their wards are for whom the TIF program was intended. I always say to them, mm -hmm. why do you put up with a program intended for your ward right. that is so unfair to your ward. Good okay, question. that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Then I go to the oil limit on the northwest and southwest sides whose wards aren't as dependent on TIFs, but who are supposedly very concerned about the property tax that their neighbors pay. And I say to them, you you always say you're really vigilant about protecting people from increases in property taxes. Right. TIFs are tax hikes. Why do you willingly go along with every TIF tax hike as though it weren't mm -hmm. a taf tax hike? And in each case, the aldermen either say, oh, Ben, I'm really busy. Uh, can you get back to me? <laughs> or they argue with me or they don't take my phone call in the first place. You got to understand, the TIF program is, what? how do I put this, is like the blood that keeps this city going. Mm. I mean, it's the one single source of discretionary income that the mayor has. 
And without the TIF program, I don't know how they'd fund so much of the stuff. And so when that's like my little voice is just a little voice when I consider everybody who's benefiting from the TIF program. And I'll say this again, my prediction today, what's today's date, guys? The 17th. The 17th. Come on, strike day. Yeah, there we go, strike day. Uh, There we go, strike. On strike. On strike day. First day of the strike that ultimately this strike... This te- this school budget will be uh, this strike will be settled and the school budget will be paid off with money that Lori gets from dipping into the TIF funds and sending back to the schools and it'll be considered a, a br- beautiful stroke of fiduciary genius by mm-hmm. our mayor. Oh yeah, she so wants to be fiscally responsible. Off, so is the money always there, or is there a certain amount of time that you have to spend this money? Like, is it always there? ready to take out or is there like deadlines i have to spend this much by this date i don't think there's any deadlines but the the issue with tiff money uh and it's a great question because it gets to the heart of every year if you have uh a a tiff district for which there are no programs uh that uh, are are, there's no uh, projects earmarked then that money just flows into the bank accounts because there's no nothing uh, to spend the money on, if you follow what I'm saying. Mm. All right, now the Lincoln Yards deal, there's a TIF district that they created for that uh, that deal, but there's a project that money's earmarked for the project. So the, you, that money will not be available for the Chicago schools. That money will be for the Lincoln Yards project. Do you follow what I'm saying? I follow you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, but if just imagine if you could, if they created that TIF district, but there was no Lincoln Yards project, the money would just flow every year. I could explain how a TIF works if you want. It's a deep dive, but I could explain how it works. The money would flow into the bank account and it would be there for the mayor to spend it. But it's just so weird to me when I think about all these neighborhoods that are struggling, that need development. I don't see how any t- any money is can just continue to flow in bank accounts. It's not, why is it not constantly being spent? Because there's so much that is needed. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do know okay. exactly why, why you're, what you're saying. And it's the same reason why it's taken this many years to finally deal. And they're finally dealing with the fact that there's no nurses in most of the public schools in the right. city of Chicago. Or there's no uh, librarians in most of the city, uh, schools in the city of Chicago. Right. Or there's more social workers. There's no will for it. Uh, there's, there's never been on the part of the people that run the city of Chicago a tremendous will or desire or determination to spend money on nurses. They, you know, or spend money developing Rosalind. And that's just, I hate, I mean, that's just a reality uh, I've been dealing with ever since I moved to this city. So TIFFs is not like a unique thing to Chicago. Other cities Absolutely. use TIFFs. So is there any city that you feel like you, does it right? I hesitate to say that, uh, Andrea, because I don't know how they're doing it. Okay. So, for instance, if you were an outsider interviewing uh, Mayor Lightfoot or Mayor Rahm or Mayor right. Daly, okay. they'd be telling you about this wonderful TIFF program. And you wouldn't know. Right. Oh, my God, they got a great program there in the city of Chicago. Right. It's worked so well. And I read articles from time to time when they were like, you know, back in the day. Well, Mayor, it was always Mayor Daly. Mayor Daly is a genius, what he's done with the city of Chicago. He's balanced all, you know, the rich neighborhoods are now providing for the poor neighbors, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. So if you live in Chicago and you write about Chicago, you know that's not true. Right. right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, true. So if I'm reading an article about New York and they're like extolling the virtues of you know, the Atlantic Yards, which is like their Lincoln Yards in New York, I'm like, you know, I wish I was in New York so I could take the deep dive and see what's really going on there. Right. So I do not know if TIF programs elsewhere 
uh, are really where I like to tease people in Evanston because I went to high school, Evanston High School, and they have tiffs in Evanston. And I always make fun of them. I go, you know, you, your tiffs are just as bad as ours. You just are ignorant about it. And they go, no, Ben, it's different in Evanston. <laughs> our, our town is pure. Or people in Oak Park really think their town is so pure, you know. Yeah. But I got a feeling it's just, well, I, I'm, I'm sure there's problems in Oak Parks too. Absolutely. So I guess my, um, I guess my next question would be, what do we do now? How do we deal with TIFFs now as as teachers? Do we continue just to talk to the mayor, talk, you know, advocate with the Board of Education? How do we, what, how do we make this program better going forward? What is our responsibility? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And I don't, because I, I, you know, uh, can I teach the sixth grade English class? And you ask the question. That's a really good question. Or, uh, we could switch. We could switch. Oh, my yeah. God. Those Come kids on. were like, who's that guy? Man, that'd be fun. Uh, like, I'm the old guy. Yeah, the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> who's the old guy? We had a young teacher. Uh, they think I'm old, too, so don't worry. I do not believe your students think they they're old. I think anything past teenager, they, they think it's old. Is that right? That's yeah, true. Kinda. Well, then they must think I'm ancient. Uh, <laughs> so, I got mixed feelings. about. I mean, lately I've been uh, saying... I know this sounds facetious and everything, but I, I've written a couple columns where I've said, look, I've been banging the tiff drum for a long time. Mm -hmm. and, and thank you for that. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, not a lot. It hasn't, I mean, you know, it hasn't really worked. They just voted to approve two tiff deals in gentrifying neighborhoods. Yeah. Okay. So they're taking, people in the city of Chicago listening to this, Chicago school teachers listening to this, mm -hmm. they're taking your property tax dollars and teachers, you live in Chicago if you work for the Chicago public schools, except for you special education teachers who have waivers. You live in the city of Chicago, you're paying property taxes more likely than not, and they're taking your property tax dollars and they're using it to underwrite neighborhoods, uh, underwrite development, development and gentrifying north side neighborhoods that don't need to be their development underwritten because they're already developing. Right. Okay. Right. It's like blowing my mind. They're doing that. And they feel free to do that because they, the aldermen and the mayor and the, just like the aldermen and mayor before them have come to the conclusion based on experience that you're ignorant, mm. that you, the people, the city of Chicago, the property taxpayers, of the city of Chicago, my beloved teachers as well mm. are ignorant. It's confusing. You don't understand it. There's right. just that one weird guy for the reader in the podcast <laughs> who talks about it. And I wish he wouldn't talk about it so much because I'm getting so bored. Thank God. Right. And so <laughs> they think that they could get away with it as long as they think they can get away with it. They're going to try to get away Absolutely. with it. Okay? And they have gotten away They will with get it. away with it. And again, I'll just one more time saying I, I appreciate you guys coming here to have this conversation, but we're only doing it in the context of a teacher strike, all right? Mm, we're true. cramming for our biology test. It's Sunday night. The test is Monday at 8. 8 a.m. All right. So do I my I'm now starting to raise the white flag. I'm you know what? Oh, I, say it ain't so I, uh, no, you're what, not. I, I say put it down. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm taking that back. <laughs> right. Take right, it down. Now, I'm, taking it. I'm like, you know, why not make the entire city a tiff? A giant mm -hmm. tiff district. People don't if people don't realize they're paying more to the tiffs, if they're so ignorant. They see their taxes going up, but they don't think they're paying more to the TIFs. If they believe the city's official line, which is that TIFs don't raise your taxes, then why not make the entire city a TIF? We'll pay more in taxes to the TIF, but because nobody recognizes that it's a tax <laughs> hike, we'll pay it, and then Lori Life would have money to pay to schools. Mm. That's where I am right now. If you, the people of the city of Chicago, want to live in ignorance, 
If you want to believe that your property taxes aren't going up, even though they go up, if you want to think that somehow or other dedicating $1.3 billion, that's B with, that's billion with a B, as Lori Lightfoot would say. As which, in boy. Yes, as in boy. Which, uh, then if, if you want to think that does not impact your taxes, then what the hell? Let's just make the whole city a TIF, raise billions of dollars in property taxes that we're paying without thinking we're paying because we don't believe that it really raises our taxes and use it to pay for our public schools. That's where I stand right now in TIFs. A teacher TIF. A teacher TIF. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, wow. but of course I'm being kind of facetious there. <laughs> but that's and 53% goes to, has is it mandatory that it goes to school? Yes. 53%. The way it works, uh, the way, it's like a property tax. Right. And it is a property tax, take like out of that sentence. So uh, in other words, your property tax bill, I think it's 54% of your property tax bills goes to the Chicago public schools. So 54% of the money that gets diverted to the TIF would, is being diverted from the Chicago public schools. So if Lori Lightfoot announces tomorrow that to pay for, um, the, uh, the, the settlement of the teacher strike. She's going to dip into TIF reserves. She can't just give, if she dips uh, like t into $20 million of, or, of TIF reserves, she just can't give 54% of that to the schools. I mean, she can't just give all that to the schools. She's got to return it to the taxing bodies from which the money was diverted in the first place. So 54% of that 20 million, I'm not that good in math, okay. whatever that is, goes to the public schools. And then like 8% goes to the park district and 8% uh, goes to the county. I don't know what the distribution table is. Okay. So- uh, that's how uh, it would have to go. So yes, the public schools would get fifty-four percent of the TIF reserves. Do we know how much money's in there now? Uh, the last in, in terms of reserves, yeah. I used to know this, and now I can't remember. I want to say it's around a billion dollars, but don't quote me on that. Okay, I won't. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's another problem. That's another problem. The city of Chicago has never been honest about this. And they now come out and say how much is in of TIF dollars uh, are in reserves that are uncommitted. And by that, mm -hmm. I mean, so like the money goes into a TIF fund. How, and some of that money is committed to, like, to a specific project. But a lot of that money is uncommitted. In other words. It's not earmarked it's or not, anything. Right. He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's Andrew's not earmarked. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not earmarked for anything. So if it's not earmarked for anything, you can spend on anything you want. Right. And uh, hence the name Slush Fund. Get it, yeah. Chicago? Mm. You're a lot smarter than Yak, Chicago. So, yes, uh, I do. I can't remember, but that's the big issue. How much is. And that was the big issue that uh, parent activists and. Uh, t give Karen Lewis credit. She was the head of the teachers' union of who figured out, you know, that. This yeah. was going on, and she would because I didn't hear about this before here. I didn't Did you, either. No, nope. yeah. Well, you guys are well, obviously aren't well, reading Ben Jarofsky. Only been writing about it. Shame so on I us. That yeah, I shame that on one. us. Shame, shame, shame. Uh -uh. That's a so I'm just thinking about what you said. The loopholes. What are the loopholes? Like, how do they get away with it? How do they get away with not spending the money, the, the percentage on the schools, and going to gentrified neighborhoods that and neighborhoods that don't need development? Like, what are the loopholes? How are they able to get with Well, the biggest loopholes? loophole is the law itself. It's, mm. a, it's like a gaping hole. 
And essentially, uh, TIFs, when are, which are, again, are supposed to help neighborhoods that, but for that TIF, would not get any development at all. Right. The loopholes in the law allow pretty much any community in the world to be eligible for TIFs. The suburb of Kenilworth, and uh, I know you guys are Chicago-oriented, so you may not know Kenilworth. It's perhaps one of the wealthiest suburbs in the country. It's on the North Shore. It's just north of Winnetka, I want to say, along on Lake Michigan. It's truly, fabulously wealthy suburb. They're debating whether to institute a TIF. If Kenilworth can have a TIF, then there are no rules or regulations yeah. governing <laughs> That's TIFs. That's true. And it's the same thing where Lincoln Yards is at. Lincoln Yards, if you got any familiar at all with the north side of Chicago, uh, with that area that's just west of the Chicago River near like um, Milwaukee it's, uh, Avenue, etc., and so forth. Uh, that is one of the fastest developing areas in the world. It used to be industrial, it's true. So now you're, you're talking about a transformation from an old industrial area to a new area. But real estate speculators are just like coming there because they realize it's so valuable. So it's insulting to the intelligence of the people of the city of Chicago to say that is an underserved, low-income, blighted community. Yeah, it's blighted because you're, it's literally blighted now because it's old industrial areas. Guess what? Move the industry. It won't be blighted anymore. So they want us to pay to move the industry. Mm. And I'm saying, you know what? You're going to make so much money selling that property, et cetera, and so forth. You move the industry. At the very least, I shouldn't be paying for your lawyers. That really irritates me to no end. <laughs> that part of that development deal obligates us, the citizens of the city of Chicago, to pay for the lawyers for the developer. So I'm, I'm just saying that uh, if the loophole enables every neighborhood in the city of Chicago virtually uh, to be uh, eligible for TIF. You could say, well, you know, there's a certain number of vacant lots or there's a certain number of rundown buildings or buildings that are over a certain years, uh, certain years old. Those are some of the stipulations in the TIF law uh, that are so easy to pass that so that it's, virt- it's a meaningless law. Any area can be eligible for TIF. Any area is eligible for TIF. Wow. And that's why and- we see it misused mm-hmm. and communities like Roseland. Right. Uh, Austin, Inglewood, Inglewood, back of the yards. Yep. The neighborhoods that are really are in need of development dollars that really could use development dollars. Don't get it. Well, thank you so much for helping us tackle tips. And now we're going to really tackle tips and make sure they're used for the schools. So I think I'm going to do a better job educating. That's what we ought to do. Teachers listening to this, we need to talk to our students about this so they can go home and educate their parents. This is one of those things that we can do as teachers. We have access to every family here in the city. And this is Ben Jarowski, the the legend, telling us about TIFs here in Chicago. (laughs) And you all know him. And he's he's telling the truth here. This is how it is. If there's a billion dollars sitting there, that means $540 million should be coming back to CPS. That could end this right now. It shouldn't even happen. Well, if, there, if there's a billion dollars sitting in a bank account, and I don't know this right now. I wish I had the numbers right close. in front of me. If you had a billion dollars just sitting there, uh, that would require the mayor to <laughs> – all the, that's all these different TIF funds. That may be very difficult even for a powerful mayor to do. Uh, so I don't know if they have access to $540 million right now, but I will say this. Going forth, uh, the city has to decide essentially, do we want to spend our money – developing north side gentrifying neighborhoods to uh to subsidize the development of those neighborhoods or do we want to spend our money on things like everyday things that we have right now in this case 
Chicago Public Schools or our fire uh, department or our police department or, you know, our health department, bringing back uh, mental health clinics. We have to make, there's decisions that have to be made. But so for so long, uh, people in the city of Chicago have pretended these decisions haven't been made. Right. And they just look the other way. And so maybe uh, this is the start. And we're cramming for the test, I said. But maybe... Uh, I we'll we'll pass, though. Yeah, I think we, we will. We're, we're always hopeful. We're always hopeful. You're a good teacher. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, there you have it. That was Ben Jarofsky. Thank you so much for uh, talking with us here on CTU Speaks. And you got to return. Please do. After the strike, I'll be back. All right. There you go.